How in the hell did Cody Rhodes just do that? This just adds to this story. The injury absolutely sucks. Um, we're going to get to that in a second. But this makes the story even better. So now instead of him floundering in random feuds after, you know, uh, the Seth Rollins... He's going to take some time away. It sucks for them because they lose a superstar. But this could make Cody a mega star. He could win the Royal Rumble. Go on to headline one of the nights of WrestleMania if they can't get The Rock. But he just wrestled a 30-minute fucking match in Hell in a Cell with a fucking torn pack. He just became a legend. Holy fuck. All right, this is your Monday show, and uh, we've had a hell of a week. Uh, we will tone down on the explicitives, but that was amazing what I just saw. Hell of a outing, and props to Seth Rollins for helping to make that work. It takes two, obviously, um, but this week is newsfield. Like, it's crazy how the last two weeks I was legitimately just going to Dude, the Double or Nothing review, the Hell in a Cell review, but so many things have happened. Things we cannot ignore. Things that are legendary status, as uh, Barney Stinson used to say. Um, we got to talk about it all. And we're going to end with WWE because Hell in a Cell just ended as I'm doing a Monday show. Let's talk about AEW and what is happening there. Um, now, Punk tweeted out and i didn't know rampage was live this week i had no freaking clue he tweeted out hey i have some news and this set off a crap storm of just it was a mess friday night became the most uh fake news worthy memes and gifs of the entire 2022 it was horrendous, the commentary that Taz and Jim, um, Jer, uh, Jericho did, wrong in every kind of way. Um, no one was listening. Everyone was just just going with what they what they thought they knew. But AEW did not help any of this. We're gonna go backwards, okay? So Punk apparently broke his foot while diving into the crowd on dynamite. Supposedly, that's what what happened. You can say that's stupid, you can say whatever you want to. He's been doing it since he came back. So, I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and be mad at the guy for doing the same thing. It's like it's like saying hey, well, AJ Styles broke his arm on a phenomenal form. He does the fucking move every night. It's just a freak thing, right? But he breaks his foot. He needs surgery. He will be out of action, but he is not relinquishing the AEW championship. Here's how it's going to happen. John Moxley is technically the number one contender, as he has had seven matches undefeated this year against top tier AEW talent. Anthony Agogo is 7-0, but he's been wrestling on dark and no one knew he was fucking 7-0. As a matter of fact, I thought Anthony Agogo was like back home overseas somewhere, being completely 100 with you guys. So essentially, we're going to have interim champion put in place. I do like the idea instead of stripping him. I get that there was might there might be more money in the chase. But I think this could be a way to really screw some people over, including Punk. So when I say that, 
I say this. So Mox is the number one contender. A battle royal will start Dynamite. The winner of the battle royal will then go on to face John Moxley with the, that winner going to the main event of Forbidden Door to win the interim championship. Then, Dominion, next Sunday, New Japan presents Dominion. You'll have Goto versus Tanahashi. Tanahashi will win that match. He will still main event Forbidden Door. Now, I can see this being a thing. I see this being one of two ways. I can see Tanahashi actually winning the AEW championship if he pulls the Suzuki and he's in the, the country for a number of months. However, the reason I don't see that being a thing is because the G4 is coming up, or G1 is coming up, excuse me, which is going to be all summer, which is going to be in Japan. <laughs> so I don't see him doing that. And then you have Because if you put the belt on Tanahashi, then you have the Brock Lesnar problem. He won't be in the States to defend that championship. You know, luckily, luckily for New Japan, Moxley forced his defenses. He forced ways to make sure that new United States Championship was defended. He did. So, this whole thing sucks. Um, the other way I could see this going, the more fascinating way is, let's talk about what happened on Dynamite. I actually put my money on the wrong horse. I legit text and... I legit text... Jonathan Esther said, I don't see them putting MJF on, right, on TV. I thought it was, was going to be a few weeks before he's back on TV. So I thought they were promoting a pre-tape. Well, no, it was MJF. So clearly they worked out at least their issues for the moment, right? So MJF comes out and cuts a hell of a promo. Like, this promo was... Wow, I'm not even going to use pipe bomb air quotes. No air quotes. You can't see me doing air quotes. This was... If you were mad that MJF made last weekend about him, he kept this week about him as well. And I guess some of the best promos are his shoot style. But MJF went off. And he cursed... He did everything that he was... Now, apparently, this didn't even go the way it was supposed to go. Apparently, this wasn't even supposed to go seven or eight minutes. Apparently, his mic was supposed to get cut off immediately, like within one minute. But he was going, and then they just let it go. And then after he said effing Mark, that's when they said, cool, cut his mic. And it worked out perfect. The first way would not have worked. This way worked perfectly. What you can do now... Instead of having, because MJF, everything's been removed. They did, they've done the Naomi and Sasha to him. He, his, his, his bio is no longer on the website. His merchandise is no longer on the website. Honestly, he could just come out, eliminate the final person. Who knows? No one's been announced for his battle royal, so anyone could just come out and pull the Demolinko. For those of you who don't know the reference, Demolinko was he when he was in that feud with Jericho, the loudest Demolinko pop and one of the loudest pops you will ever hear. And if you're a Peacock, go and watch it. Is when. You have Jericho outside, and the winner of this battle royal gets a shot at his Cruiserweight Championship. Now, for weeks, he had been torturing Dean Malenko, like just completely crapping on him. And so, hold on a second. I got a text message with a, a, a thing. Oh, never mind. Um, and so... He's completely crapping on Malenko, his dad, all these people. It's in the best Jericho work. Well, you have a, I think I think it was Juventud Guerrero left in the ring, and it was someone else under a mask. I can't remember who the person was under the mask. All you see is it's these two guys left. Jericho's like, yeah, hell yeah, I can't wait to see who this is. And Juventud just looks at the guy, 
nods his head and jumps over the rope and eliminates himself. So everyone's fucking confused because Jericho's like, what the hell did you just do that for? You caught yourself a time, you jerk. All of a sudden, person takes the mask off is Dean Malenko. The place goes ballistic. The loudest pop he's ever gotten, I'm pretty sure. It was fantastic. Because it was just amazing. So, anyways, you can do that in this battle world because no one knows who's in this damn thing. So you can actually have MJF, who will not even wrestle in this thing, eliminate the last person, whoever it may be. Then he goes on to defeat Moxley because Moxley still has to be, which he can do both, obviously, but he's stuck in blood and guts right now. So you can have him defeat Moxley, hook or crook, by crook mostly, and MJF goes on to defeat Tanahashi and take the interim championship and have it be just an absolute massacre this summer where he essentially holds the company up with their interim world title until CM Punk comes. Then you can have him beat CM Punk to then be the undisputed champion. That's one way of doing this. This whole, this whole thing sucks. This was a mess. AEW did not help themselves um, at all. Um, but I will say this. In this curse is a blessing. And I wonder where Tony Khan's going to go. I don't know. But this can be big business for these guys, especially if MJF is the one who wins on Wednesday night and he's going to main event for Ben Dort. That's going to draw your pay-per-view buy rates up. I was already getting it. Now I'm super excited to see where they go from here. So that's pretty freaking awesome. But uh, sorry to punk. Get well soon. Uh, I know you'll be back better than ever. But it makes sense because he was very sloppy in the ring on Wednesday night. And that made sense why. He was slipping all over the place. It just didn't look good. And um, But this, this makes sense. He had a broken freaking foot. So uh, Moving on, let's go to Dynamite. Jericho at first turns down blood and guts. But then Ortiz comes out of the crowd, cuts his hair. And now we have a hair versus hair match at Road Rager. We have Jericho versus Ortiz. Um... I'm gonna. I don't know who's. I'm assuming because the dates they had on this was Road Rager is after Blood and Guts. If it's after Blood and Guts, I'm assuming the Blackpool Combat Club and um, Kingston and Proud and Powerful are winning that match. I'm assuming Ortiz is gonna go bald then, right? Even though I think it'll be better if Jericho goes bald because he's such a he, 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 as the heel. Joker can play that well, but I I don't know. It depends on the everything was kind of out of order. But AEW was kind of a mess last week with that. So. I want to see where the road dates are. And this is before Blood and Guts. I think Jericho's winning. If it's after, I think Jericho's losing. Does that make sense? So anyways, um, Garcia and Moxley main evented and they killed it. Uh, Moxley's stitches got busted open. He was a bloody freaking mess. But ironically enough, AEW wasn't the only people that showed blood this week. We'll get to that in a second. But uh, this is a good showing for both guys. The Undisputed Elite, they win. And we see just another thread from Christian. Christian's the only one that looks like he wants to be the one to console Jungle Boy. He pushed my Hardy away, said, I got this. It seems like the where they're going is one day Jungle Boy's going to say, hey, we're good. We don't, we don't need this. And then Christian's going to come out and just attack the hell out of Jungle Boy. You, you, we know where this is going. This might be their match for Devil or Nothing. It's Jungle Boy versus Christian Cage. So, And by the way... Believe it or not, Christian Cage has not mo- lost much in AEW. I think only three times he's lost. So now was to, once was to what? Uh, Cole. Once was to, I think, Kenny Omega, too, because he made Van Lai last year double or nothing. So um, FTR and Punk get the win. 
the original main event was supposed to be Tanahashi. That was the, the, the reveal, but all good. Ruby Soho and Tony Storm got the, the win. Um, Britt Baker took the pin here by Soho. I thought that was a very interesting choice for Britt to, to, to take the pin. And yes, for those of you guys who are wondering, oh, uh, those belts that were made for Owen, Britt and Adam Cole both walked out with them. I don't want to see those belts defended. Uh, to be 100% honest, I think it'll be cool to see them... I could, I could see them kind of being like the Slammy Award that Owen Hart kept for months. But eventually, I put those belts up. But I don't want to see them defended. That's kind of corny to me. Because you already have the FTW title. It's not a real championship. <laughs> so I don't want to see more belts being defended that aren't actual titles. So I, I don't want to deal with that. Miro returns and destroyed Johnny Elite. Um, that's another name that you can just throw out there. That is a big-time deal. So that's pretty awesome there. Let's, let's get some news and notes. Brian Danielson is injured. He could not make a meet and greet in Massachusetts. Um, no one knows the extent of the injury, but he just could not fly. So uh, hurry up and heal up for him. Athena got her debut win on Rampage in a good match against Kiara Hogan. Um, and sad news, Melanie Pillman has passed away. Um, I, I, I know Brian Pillman Jr. was very, very um, open about him being able to mend fences with her, and I'm glad he did before she passed away. Um, and that's one thing she said in the, in the Dark Side of the Ring for those who didn't watch was she just wanted, before she died, was her kids to not be mad at her anymore. And I think one of them was not mad at her, uh, if not all of them. So uh, rest in peace to her. I know she lived a hard life after Brian passed away. So uh, rest in peace and many blessings to the family. Impact news. Morrissey is done with Impact. He's been there for a year. WWE's interested in him. He's probably going to go back to WWE. Um, so good for him. Congratulations to him get, to getting his life back on track. Meanwhile, Chris Harris returned to Impact. That was a very interesting move. Um, I did watch the latest Broken Skulls with Austin and Jeff Jarrett. We, I do talk about the Austin Cody next week on the analysis of Cody Rhodes. So just wait for that one right there. Um, I thought it was good. I definitely thought this was more of a promo for his podcast because he didn't go into details on anything. On this, like even on his podcast, I've 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 been listening to it consistently. Matter of fact, I haven't listened to it at all. I've watched clips on YouTube, and one of the clips he was talking about holding up Vince for money at uh, No Mercy '99 when he dropped the Intercontinental Title to China, and he didn't go into any of this detail. He said they hugged and all sorts of stuff. There is a video that Conrad put up on YouTube that's 30 minutes of him talking about how he held up Vince and, and Jr. for. For money, and he never mentioned. I don't. I remember watching that clip. I don't remember him ever saying anything about a hug. You know. Also, he kind of glazed over the fact that in '95, when he walked out, him and Road Dog walked out. He said he left on good terms. This felt kind of more like this was a very awkward and clingy interview. Uh, clinky interview, excuse me, because I felt like it was good, entertaining, but it was more of like, how do I put this? It was more of, hey, let's just. We have you on here. We buried the hatchet. Let's get you on. Let's get everyone to your podcast. Because remember, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but I'll say right here. Jeff Jarrett works back for WWE now. He works at, I think he's like a, a managing director of live events. The job that uh, Chimmel had before he got uh, let go. Um, now that job belongs to Double J. 
Um, so maybe that was how it meant to be. I don't know, because also Steve Austin wasn't even open in this interview where he said there was never any heat and et cetera, et cetera, because he's had several interviews and even in his own book where he did, did not like Jeff Jarrett because of several reasons. Uh, one of those reasons was the promo that they actually showed where he came back from WCW after his one-year stint there, and he had thrown the Austin 316 thing in there, and uh, Austin said, hey, you're messing with my livelihood when you say stuff like that. Like, he did not mess with him at all. Like, the people, if you, if you look at the people that, and maybe because Austin's older now, he isn't. He wants to move past some of that, because if we're being real, Austin, I saw an article about this. We tend to give Austin a pass on a lot of things. He did. I think Austin and Shawn Michaels are the two superstars when you hear their their background, we tend to give them a pass. No one ever mentions the fact that Austin has beat a woman. No one does. I mean, Deborah is, I get it, she lacks credibility in some ways. Um, but, like, I don't think anyone's ever not, even defended Austin in that. And I believe Austin's even said how he's made mistakes. And he kind of hinted to, to, to that being a mistake. No one ever brings this up. Michael's being a jerk. Like, people got on Dax Harwood for what he said on Renee Paquette's podcast, but, like, people make those comments about Shawn Michaels all the time about how he makes fun of him and how he's, like, fully not over and he's just sometimes uh, just a jerk even now. We kind of give Shawn a... Not kind of, we give Shawn a pass. Like, even with Austin, like, when he says he doesn't want to work with people, like, he also didn't want to work with Mark Merrill after Sable powerbombed him. And I'm not saying that he was wrong for these things because these people were very much mid-card at that point. However... We don't mention it, though. And it's just very interesting how they're kind of immune to it. You know, like, Undertaker just started talking. He just started realizing, like, the the power of when you talk, things can go backwards really, really fast. But, um, yeah, everyone knew it was heat for a while. I don't know why this now is a thing where the Internet has started this. This didn't start with the Internet. It started before the Internet. You know, so that, that made the interview kind of weird. I still enjoyed it. I enjoyed seeing Jeff Jarrett in a better, a better place. Happy he's sober. You know, but I think it's a, I think I think if you're looking for the juicy stuff, you're going to want to listen to his podcast. This is not the watch for you. SmackDown. Apparently, Lacey Evans is back on SmackDown, and she will be a heel. Um, I, I kind of laughed at this because I'm like, I get that the whole Naomi Sasha thing, which there's currently no update on, has kind of thrown everything into flux. But like they they didn't know what they were doing with her before Naomi and Sasha walked out. So this is kind of just whole thing weird. And speaking of weird, they're gonna have the Intercontinental Championship match between Ricochet and Walter next week. Why didn't you have that on Hell in a Cell? I get it, it ended five minutes late or whatever, but you didn't need to have Matt Cat Moss and Corbin representing the SmackDown brand. You could have had Walter Gunther, whatever you want to call him, winning his first major singles championship on the main roster because he's going to destroy Ricochet next week. He, that's what's good. I'm, I'm only watching SmackDown next week to see the death of Ricochet. Plain and fucking simple. So I don't know why this didn't happen tonight. But anyways, that's happening next week. Um, I actually caught NXT in your house, even though I have not watched NXT in, like, actually sat down and watched it. It's been a while. I might have, like, reported on some stuff that I saw, like, in flashes, but, like, I haven't actually sat down and watched it because I just don't give a fuck about it. Um, but fun fact before we get to there, and I saw this on Instagram. Instagram's never wrong, by the way. Tiffany Stratton has seven wins in her NXT career. Aaliyah 
has seven total wins all time. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I, 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 I <laughs> yeah, uh, that's all I have to say. Anyways, moving forward. I did not catch the beginning of the show because I didn't know this was a thing. And then by the time I turned in, I was in the middle of the uh, Toxic Attraction Tag Team Championship match, which turned out to be a pretty good Tag Team Championship match. Um, Toxic Attraction retained. They defeat the team, uh, team of, I think it's Katana Chance and Casey something, whatever. Um, but they had a great tag team match. There was never, I think the end was never in doubt, though. I don't think Toxic Attraction are going to lose those belts until probably next month or August. Um, Mandy Rose also kept her title. Um... I didn't know Wendy Chu was this good of a wrestler. You know, like the gimmick kind of covers this up, which I guess is kind of the point of it for it to be unassuming. But these two had a pretty decent match. Mandy Rose kept the title. Um, I, this is the best run of Mandy Rose's career. So going back to NXT was the best thing to happen for her, and I'm happy about it. Carmel, Carmelo Hayes, excuse me, regains the North American Championship in a really good match. To me, this was the match of the night. Um, I was surprised he got the belt back. I thought he was going to move on to the NXT title, but to be honest with you, who knows, considering that I don't think Braun Breaker's break, uh, losing that championship anytime soon. So this was a good win for him, and he seems to love that, but you could tell he, was, he wasn't whole until he had that in North American championship, but it's clear Sokoa, uh, uh, the, the Usos, the third Uso, will be the one to take that championship from him whenever he gets a shot at it. Eel Shirai apparently is dealing with an injury. It's an undisclosed industry. Industry. In injury. Um, the Creed brothers, they stay in Dynamite Mine and they win the tag team titles. Um, honestly, this was going to happen already until the breakup of MS MSK and the firing of Carter Nash. But this was where the, the, the tag team titles were going no matter what. Uh, pretty deadly were just fillers. Even though they were former NXT UK champions, tag team champions, th there was no doubt that the Creed brothers were going to get these titles. And they had a great moment with their father. Um, emotional moment, but uh, they look good in this match. It's a fun match. And Braun Breaker retains his NXT championship. Looks like this is the end of him and Joe Gacy, which I've been told it was a terrible feud. I can only imagine the kidnappings upon kidnappings. Who gives a fuck? Um, but moving forward. Finally, we're here. We are at Hell in the Cell. And so... I didn't know what to think about this pay-per-view because um, I don't usually enjoy Hell in a Cells. I know this is technically the 25th anniversary of Hell in a Cell as of October, be the 25th anniversary. Um, Hell in a Cell has made its mark, obviously. Uh, Batista beating Triple H three pay-per-views in a row. Kind of, this this match cemented him as a star. Um, this match cemented McFoley as a legend for getting tossed off and just just craziness there. Um, this match has elevated and this match has disrespected the fans. <laughs> this, this match has done a lot in its 25 year history. Uh, to me, the best match at Hell in a Cell is still the first one because it was actually, it wasn't a spectacle like the cat, uh, the mankind and Undertaker match. It was a match. And then you had uh, one of the best debuts of all time when, Kane comes out and you have that iconic call from Vince McMahon. What's that's gotta be Kane? And um, Kane rips the door off, which was a uh, playoff of what Fern Lafons did, who was legit, legitimately the strongest man when he did that in, in WA many years prior. 
then you see that Kane is just as tall, if not taller than his brother. I think Kane has said in interviews that he was wearing stilts at the time to be as tall or taller. And then you see him tombstone him. And you see like the powers of him. Then you see Shawn Michaels, a bloody and broken Shawn, just drag himself over and get the pin and become the number one contender to what we now know as the Montreal screw job. Um, but this only had one Hell in a Cell. And to me, tonight made another superstar. Like a megastar. I truly believe this is this 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 night has made Cody Rhodes a megastar. Like for the, it was reported earlier in the day. Cody had an injury, torn pack. They're not sure what was going to happen. And then WWE put out a press release at 3, 4 o'clock saying, hey, the match is still a go. He did tor- he did tear his pack. I said, all right, how is this going to work, right? Because apparently everyone everyone said it wasn't going to work. Um, but seeing what he looked like, man, oh, man, this makes the story even sweeter. We're going to get to that in a second. The match, the, the pay-per-view starts off with a great triple threat match. Bianca Belair, Asuka, Becky Lynch. Uh, I was surprised that Asuka took the pin here. I thought Becky Lynch would. So I'm wondering if they're going to go back to Becky Lynch and Bianca because Asuka now has been pinned twice by the champion. She just got pinned last Monday night as well, which is kind of frustrating. Um, but this was a great triple threat match. What a great way to start the night off. Um, or I could see it being a situation where... Um, Asuka kind of distracts Becky Lynch away. I don't know where this is going, but I know Asuka is not in the title picture because she's just literally lost twice to the champion. Omos and MVP versus Bobby Lashley. There was some foreshadowing in this as there was a, a, a talking uh, talking up session before that was pre-taped where MVP is talking to Omos and Alexander walks up and says, hey man, you need some help tonight. And MVP just completely disrespects uh, Cedric and says, get out of here, blah, blah, blah. Um, Lashley comes out. They have a the match that you would expect they have in a handicap. Cedric comes out. He uh, gets tossed out of the ring. This leads to a spear from Bobby Lashley, and then the hurt lock on MVP. MVP taps out. At the end, a few segments later, you have another talking scene where Lashley walks down the hallway, tells him not to, not to be in his matches, but he's happy he's standing up for himself. And then they they dap up and he walks away. So don't know what this means. But uh, maybe Cedric, Cedric gets more t- uh, TV time, I guess. Um, but I could care less about this. Kevin Owens versus Ezekiel. Kevin Owens defeated Ezekiel clean. Like, I will say this. I think Ezekiel Elias, whatever you want to call him, has this problem where he can talk. He can be entertaining. But truly, no one cares once he gets in the ring and starts wrestling. I don't know why this is a thing. But it is a thing. So, I'm glad Kevin Owens didn't lose. Because I don't think he should be losing to Ezekiel. I'm sorry. He shouldn't. He just he is headlined with Austin. Probably the highlight of his career. He shouldn't be losing to freaking Ezekiel. So, anyways, moving on. The Judgment Day versus Styles, Liv, and Finn Balor. By the way, Ezekiel was busted open in that. Not hard, but you can see where he hit the, to- the pole. And he was, he was bleeding. This match was different. Styles somehow, I didn't see when it happened, but Styles somehow got busted open, bad, towards the end of this match. Like, he came up and did, I think it was a uh, a phenomenal forearm on Damian Priest, and all you see is his crimson face. I was like, how the frick did this happen? Anyways, there was no heel turn from Finn Balor. Um, Finn takes the pin, 
He gets speared by Edge. Judgment Day wins. I would assume this is kind of the end of this feud. This is three straight losses for losses for um, AJ Styles and company. So I would assume this is it. Unless they are turning Finn Hill, then it might be one more thing. Then Finn turns Hill on a Monday Night Raw to try to pop uh, interest. Um, but this was a good six-man or six-intergender tag. So it was fun. With Rhea showing a new look, it was a very interesting look. Very interesting look. Corbin versus Moss. Moss won. I don't care. Ali versus Austin Theory for the United States Championship. Theory t- keeps the championship, defeats Ali clean. And then the main event. The thing we're going to talk about here. Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins. Rollins came out wearing polka dots. Like death, uh, like uh, Dusty Rhodes used to wear. He just has a thing. <laughs> he just has a thing. And then Cody comes out and he has his jacket on for an extended period of time. He's looking around. It's like, what are you not? I thought he's he got taped up ribs or something or taped up arm or whatever. Excuse me. I'm like, he's, he's hiding something. He's, he's, this, this is the big reveal. All of a sudden, you see his entire, I think it was his left or right. It was his right. Um, right side. Blood red. Vessels. It just, it looked disgusting. And I remember a big smile came on my face. And I was like, he's going to be a fucking megastar. He's going to win this match, take time off, what, seven, eight months. He's back by the fucking Royal Rumble. Wins the Rumble, wins the championship at WrestleMania, fulfills the destiny that he supposed that he had when he came back. This makes the story better because this is a setback to his goal of the championship. Holy smokes. It sucks he's injured, but I, I could only, when I saw that, I was like, ouch. And like I said, I remember I was like, I am a sadistic person thinking this way about creative. I should not be this happy. But it, it's just, it fits the story. And they still had a pretty good damn Hell in a Cell match. This became like a dusty match mixed into a Hell in a Cell. You had the cowbells going where Cody took a cowbell out from under the um, rope and cowbell out from under the ring. He put one on his arm. He threw one and said, put it on, put it on. And and Seth put it on the beach other with it for a while. You could tell he was handicapped, but I'm telling you, it just made for a better story. And then him winning with the sledgehammer, it just made for a much better story. I think this was still a great match. And also the pull apart brawl they had to end Raw was the best way to go into this. So I'm believing Cody's gonna take some time off, heal that that injury up, which is probably good. He probably needs the rest up. Been a hell of a year for him so far. But this this just makes his story infinitely better. That's awesome. Um, that is your Monday show for this week. Um, please follow me on Instagram at Never Silver Spoon Fed. Check me out this Wednesday. As as I told you guys, if you guys don't watch the Wednesday show, then you don't know this. But if you want to watch the Wednesday shows, we talk about pop culture, we do reviews. Well, how I decided that since I really am looking forward to the boys, and the boys just dropped their first three episodes this past Friday, I will not watch the boys. Until they're wrapping up their season, which it'll be, I think they have eight, eight episodes. So every Wednesday, I will um, review the Miss Marvel show. And then I will binge the boys and then give that a one big review at another given time. Um, so this week will be episode one of Miss Marvel. Looking, uh, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be something different for the MCU. I'm sure some people will still complain, but I'm still looking forward to it. It'll be fun, I think. So, um, yeah. 
Talk to you guys this Wednesday. Follow me on Instagram at Never Super Spoon Fed. Please follow me on uh, if you haven't liked any uh, or left a review on Apple Podcasts. Please do so. I will be doing giveaways if you guys start doing that on Apple Podcasts. Hey, um, if you guys give more five star reviews on Spotify, let me know you prove to me this by uh, a five star review. I will do a giveaway, you know, so we can make this thing fun. So I'll talk to you guys on Wednesday when we talk about episode one of Miss Marvel. This is the Monday show. I am so chemical and we are out.